What do you want, Brennan? This is my online poker time. I'm just gonna come out and say it. I'm ready to take on the Catalina wine mixer. Ho, ho, slow down there, speed racer. I know what it entails, and I'm ready to nail it. I want it, okay? I want the Catalina wine mixer. Yo, yo. Hey, D-Man. Tell him what's up. I just did. Hey. <laughs> hey, your brother wants a shot at the Catalina wine mixer. <laughs> I'm ready, I'm walking tall. You think you're ready to run with the bulls? I've been earning and burning, snapping necks and cashing checks. Screw it, let's let him do it. No, it's a win-win for me. Because if you fuck up, Brennan, if you fuck up, yeah. I get to fire your ass. But if you pull it off, I look like a genius to the board. <laughs> okay? I get it. Look, Brennan, here's the thing. It's the Catalina fucking wine mixer, okay? <laughs> are you saying pow? What are you saying? <laughs> it's the biggest helicopter leasing event in the Western Hemisphere since 1997. <laughs> Why does he keep doing that? I have to sell or lease at least 80 choppers to make my nut, and you... Okay. You mess with my nut, Brennan? Randy here is gonna eat your dick. Like Kobayashi. I've seen him do it. You've actually seen him eat a man's penis? It was in international water, so they couldn't prosecute him, but I saw it. I'll tell you right now, I'll nail it. I'll pull it off, okay? Wait a second, why do you want this so bad, Brennan? Are you trying to get mom and dad back together or something? Why do I want this? Yeah. Because I want to make bank, bro. I want to get ass. I want to drive a Range Rover. Okay, well, you better, Brennan. This is a fucking Catalina wine mixer. Sadistic Penguin Studios presents Yumper and Spo at the Show podcast with Tom Yumper Garcia. Have you paid your dues, Jack? Yes, sir. The check is in the mail. And Justin Svoboda. What, so I gotta sit here and eat dessert alone like I'm fucking Steven Glansberg? It's almost time, so grab a drink. Get your popcorn ready and get comfortable to hear two guys from Chicago talking movies. Welcome everyone to a live edition of Yumper and Swole at the show presented to you by Statistic Penguin Studios. I'm one of your co-hosts, Tom Garcia, aka Yumper, and I'm my other co-host, Dustin Swole Svoboda. How you doing, Mr. Pobura? Yumper, I am good. I had a fantastic Sunday so far. I hung out with my cousin Mark, the one that shows me all these movies. Um, we went to go get some food. It's been a Sunday. How about you? Uh, very, very productive Sunday. I ran a lot of errands today uh, before I did our usual show prep um, to get the show on the road. But uh, I got a lot done today, so I'm very happy about that. That's good, man. That's good. So I want to address a comment in the sections already. And you know I got to call out my homie Brian. Um, I love my fucking Steven Glansberg intro. I, I love this movie. We're going to talk about it tonight. But the Jonah Hill comments are disgusting and fuck him. Yes, uh, for sure. Uh, like I said, uh, when we discuss James Woods, we're discussing just his acting credentials, not the fact that he's a piece of shit human being. And Jonah Hill's very, very strange as well. Uh, he's, a, he's a strange cat. You're not wrong. But yeah, that's, uh, that's all I'll say about that for tonight. But we got an action-packed show for you today. This is actually our season finale for season two. We're going to take a little hiatus uh, while Swole explores the baseball stadiums of America. Uh, but we're going to take a little hiatus and come back in a couple, about three weeks. So we're just going to call this our season finale. And we are ending with a good one, Swole. Yeah, we are. Um, we're going to talk about our favorite um, R-rated comedies. So um, these movies, we, we've all watched a hundred times and we can quote them backwards and forwards. But, you know, if you um, are watching with kids, these movies probably aren't appropriate for kids. So um, definitely not. The meat and potatoes is going to be good tonight. 
Yes, sir. But let's get into our usual segment of what we've been watching. So we'll start, start us off. So I finished um, the show on HBO, The Idol, with The Weeknd and Johnny Depp's daughter, Lily Depp Rose. Um, and it is a fucking ass cheeks. It is the worst thing that I've ever seen HBO put out. It is torture porn. That's all it is. It's it's him sexualizing uh, Lily Depp Rose. It is a terrible, terrible show. It is not entertaining. Um, the first episode made me think, uh, you know, hey, this has got some potential. And then it, it was all downhill from there, like newfound glory, just all downhill from there. It was awful. <laughs> and then before my wife, my wife is already in Seattle. And um, before she left, we went to go see Joyride. Uh, Seth Rogen and Evan Marshall helped write this and produce this. And um, there were some other producers on there. And this movie is funny. Um, this movie is right up there with the classic R rated comedies. It's raunchy. It's stupid. It's, you know, it's touching. It's, it's, it's good. I know I said touching. That means Sam Reeves is going to be in the comments. Um, but that. I highly recommend Joyride. Go see Joyride. Um, yeah, that's what I've been watching. How about you, Yump? Well, in terms of the uh, the idol, I kind of was thinking this when you were saying your it was ass cheeks. You know, Quasimodo predicted all this. Yeah, that, I had no interest in watching that movie. Joyride, I haven't actually heard about until right now when you mentioned it. Uh, so I will definitely check it out. Um, so this week I was exploring um, a new show to watch. I watched the show Suits four times through. Becoming like really addicted to that show. I really like the way it's laid out and whatnot. But have you done was, the whole? You've watched the whole show now. Like yeah, I watched series. the whole show. Okay, four times, <laughs> four times. So it's just nine seasons too. It's just like so. It's a quick, quick episodes. But um, I started looking to something new. Start looking at the Punisher. I was seeing a lot of clips on it on the internet, and that's how I get interested in certain things. Looked it up with jo- uh, John Berthal. It's actually very good. Season one is very, very good. It's very gory. And it like reminds me of when I would read the Punisher comics as a kid or even when I was in my teens, like how gory it is in there. He's a very, very big anti-hero, which he's supposed to be. And I think this is how the Punisher should have been done. I know you hate the Dolph Lundgren Punisher <laughs> and we hate the uh, John Travolta movie. Well, I yeah, no, I love the Punisher. Mm-hmm. And before we, we dive more into the Punisher, let me talk about John Bernthal. Mm. John Bernthal is also in a TV show that's on FX, Hulu, whatever, right now called The Bear with uh, Jeremy Allen White from Shameless. And um, he is absolutely fantastic and brilliant in The Bear. If you have not watched The Bear, like you need to go watch it because it, it is the best show on TV right now or streaming. They are 35, 40 minute episodes. You will plow through them and you will you will cry. I promise you, you will cry. It is that good. It paints Chicago in a glorious light, but John Bernthal is fantastic in them, in it. I haven't gotten to the bear. I keep hearing good things about it. I'm kind of standoffish, but uh, I'll see. I feel like that's a show that (laughs) and your wife could binge together and you both would like it. I know. I know the reason behind. We're not going (laughs) to get into it, but I'm telling you, you would like it. And baloney will vouch for it too. Yeah. I'll check it out. Um, but the Punisher, if you guys haven't seen it, it's actually on Disney Plus, and it's kind of crazy. It's on Disney Plus because, it, like I said, it's very gory. It has like a lot of swearing, and it has like they didn't sex edit it, it or cut no. it down for Disney Plus, did they? No, they did not. The only thing I think they edited was one of the characters uh, is based off the Mennonite 
which is a um he's a basically a pilgrim and he's a former Nazi. I think they blurred out like his tattoos. Mm. But that's the only thing I think they edited. Like everything else, like some of the kills in there are like legit gory. Like Jen was watching with me and she's like, holy shit. Like So now that you binged um the Punisher, are you gonna go do like Daredevil and um Yeah, so the I, other Netflix Marvel shows? So I've seen Daredevil before. I might go back and do it because the new season, there's supposedly gonna be a new season coming out soon. Um that we can talk about later on in news and rumors. But it's something that like uh, I want to get back into. But I'm I'm also gonna transition more to Star Wars stuff because uh, Ahsoka's coming out. Yeah. Um. So I'm trying to get that stuff done before that comes out. But um, on topics of talking about movies, me and our, our guy Magnificent Stan have been discussing uh back to school a lot. We mm, we text each other. We text each other uh back to school quotes or talk about it constantly. And um, we had disagreement over the movie. He says it's a bad movie. I say it's a great movie. A great. He says it's a bad movie. You like. I'm like no, it's a good movie. And uh, we had some comments about how Roger Ebert loved the movie and Manitoulin Sand said some things that I will not repeat here that were very hilarious. I'll tell you off air. Okay. But um, yeah, back to school. I love that movie. Robert Downey Jr. is in it. Roddy Dangerfield at his best. Uh, Sam Kinison's first movie role. You know, completely him just being a complete, like, Rodney one-liners. Isn't Johnny you know, Lawrence in this movie too? Yes. He's, yeah. Uh, Chaz. <laughs> Chaz, yes. And the best part is, like, their big competition is diving. Of all things, right. like diving, but the triple Lindy man. But uh, this also can play into J- Brian's uh, drafty uh, that's coming up on a Tuesday, I believe. It so. is Tuesday. It's eight o'clock on the Sadistic Penguin YouTube channel right here. Uh, I will be on it with him on Tuesday. Yes, yes. So it's going to be a big one. You and Shankster, I believe. Yes, Shankster. I hate that guy. <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah. I love him. So uh, that's what we've been watching this week. Uh, let us know what you've been watching at Yumper and Swole on Twitter. If it still works, I don't know if Twitter is still going on. Or you can tweet me at Lil Yumper or find me on Threads, the same handle. Uh, I don't know. Are you on Threads, Swole? I haven't done Threads because I'm. it's basically just having a Facebook account. So mm-hmm. I haven't done it. Yeah. So, I mean. I'm I've waiting done- for a Blue Sky invite. Yeah, everybody's waiting on that. It hasn't, I don't think it's, anybody's got it yet. But, um, yeah, so Hit us up there if we're, if it's still active, or you could just hit us up at the website, sadisticpigments.studios.com. Absolutely. So, but with that, well, let's uh, let's get to the meat and potatoes of this and go into our first movie. Sounds good, buddy. Stupid the fucking game. <laughs> oh, nigga. That's Janet Jackson. Oh, Janet Jackson. The girl Debbie hooked me up with. Oh. Hey, hold up. I'll be right back. Ah. 1995's Friday, directed by F. Gray Gray, who also directed Set It Off, The Italian Job, The Negotiator, Shredder Compton, Law Abiding Citizen, and the worst fucking Men in Black movie, Men in Black International, I've seen. Um, just some of the movies he's directed. This movie stars Ice Cubes, Chris Tucker, Tiny Lister, John Witherspoon, and Nia Long at a box office of $28 million and a budget of $3.5 million. Tell me about this movie, Swole. This is one of your picks. This is one of my picks. This movie is something that I can go back to and watch you know, a million times. It's still funny. It still holds up. Um, I think Chris Tucker is absolutely iconic in this movie i still quote it today um i don't even smoke weed but i think like the humor in this movie is hilarious uh ice cube this was 
I mean, he was, you know, he was Doughboy in um, Boys in the Hood, but this was his movie that made him like a movie star. And it's funny, it's quotable, and the soundtrack is fantastic. It takes place in, you know, 24 hours, and I love it. What? How do you feel about Friday Imp? So this is like one of my favorite movies growing up. Like we watched Friday constantly. Me and my brother, my grandmother liked this movie. That's how much she. It's like like she watched Friday with us. Like it's like a my mom likes. It's like one of our favorite movies. Like that we watched all the time. Uh, it's funny you said like Boys in the Hood because Ice Cube's actually wearing the getup <laughs> the first day as a tribute to it. And the reason him and DJ Pooh, who was plays Red in this movie, wrote this was because they figured like you know being in the hood's not all you know, gangs and shootings and all that. It could be fun days too. And that's why they put this movie together and they wrote the script. They never wrote, wrote in the script in their life until they did this. And, you know, they did knock, they knocked it out of the ballpark. This is, to me, this is Chris Par- uh, Tucker's coming out of party. He was in House Party 3 before this. And then he did this. He did Dead Presidents. Then he went out to do Money Talks. Then, of course, Rush Hour where he blew up big time. But yeah. like, this is his coming out party. You know, we knew him from Death Jam. It, it's just, it, the cast is perfectly cast. You now, John Witherspoon is hilarious as the father. Tiny you know, Juice Lister. Yeah, Tiny Lister's in there. He's hilarious. Uh, Bernie Mac, his small scene is hilarious as a oh reverend. My God. You know, just it's continuously, you know, gold. You know, Faison, uh Love as a Big, Big worm. worm or Big Perm. You know, it's 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 hilarious. It's just so many one-liners that are great. You know, how the hell you get fired on your day off? Yeah. You know, and then there's cut scenes that I was just reading about. Like, I guess they had a director's cut in the beginning of the, the movie. In the chicken coop? That part, and there's one, there's part in the beginning when they're showing like how they're sleeping. In the beginning of the movie, there's actually Ezel running down the street with boxes. With boxes, like because <laughs> Craig, because they were the boxes Craig was stealing. Yeah, and yeah, Ezel too, or and stealing. Ezel was hilarious too. Yeah, just great, you know, comedians and like looking at how many people passed away from this movie. You know, Ezel passed, John Witherspoon passed, you know, Tiny Lister passed, like Bernie Mac. Bernie Mac's gone. Like it's just crazy. He had such like comedic gold throughout this movie that it's iconic it like brian put it in the uh chat by alicia you know by felicia yeah, by felicia which f gary gray used in the straight out of compton movie when ice cube was like when the girls in the hotel room and her boyfriend came looking for her, they kicked her out of the hotel room he pushed her he's like bye felicia and when i was in the theater and that happened the whole theater lost it <laughs> they lost it there's also a scene where um ice cubes at home in um straight out of Compton and his wife comes into the room to check on him. And she's like, Hey, how's the Friday script? So like, like the, the making or the writing of Friday is in straight out of Compton. I, I just think like, I think you said it, like you said it perfectly. Yump, like, you know, you live in the hood and it's not all like, you know, gangs and shooting. You got your good days. You got your neighborhood characters. And this movie like showcased that. And to me, this is an iconic R rated comedy. Yeah, for sure. That, like you hit a little ballpark and you sign yourself with number one. And Brian, I do love The Fifth Element. It's actually my favorite movie to watch when I'm sick. He does love that movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, but funny thing about this movie too, just a couple of tidbits before we close it up. Um, Chris Rock and Tommy Davidson were considered for the role of Smokey. I love Tommy Davidson. I like Chris Rock's comedy. I don't think they could have you know, fulfilled the role of Chris Tucker in here. I think Chris Tucker just is, performs it to a perfection. And when uh, Smokey actually tells him What's up, big worm? It was actually that's actually a blooper, but they left it in because it was funny. So just like he ad-libbed everything. Chris Tucker ad-libbed everything in this movie, which I thought was hilarious. And his character is actually based off DJ Pooh, which is red. Which is funny. Yeah, like and 
Like, I love it. Like, Pop's tripping about my bike, man. <laughs> and then, like, there's the scene where, like, um, the underwear falls on, like, um, uh, Debo's, like, water cup oh, at yeah. night. And he takes a drink. And, like, he's, so, like, he sniffs it. And he's, like, ugh. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, that, Buzz, Detroit Rock City. That's a fantastic call out. I love Detroit Rock City. Definitely. That's another great movie. Yeah, good call out. Um. But just even when uh, Red runs away after he gets hit, he gets his chain stolen. He's the like, way he runs. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's a great movie. I, I don't. We could harp on this for like ever, but Friday is such a good. If you haven't seen Friday, like please check it out. You like it's got leave the rock following. you're under and go see it. Yes, yeah, big yeah. cult following. But yeah, check this one out. But let's move on to our next one. And you are Gina. Gina, hey, what's up? Nothing. Look, I'm gonna be real honest with you. Um, it's been a long time since I've been with a man. Spent a lot of time with the ladies looking to get back up on that pogo stick. You know what I'm saying? Excuse me? A 40-year-old virgin released in 2005, directed by Judd Apatow, who directed Knocked Up, This Is 40, and Funny People for a few films. Uh, written by him and Steve Carell. It stars Steve Carell, Paul Rudd, Catherine Kenner, Seth Rogen, Jane Lynch, and Romney Malco. This um, movie is one of my picks. It's... <laughs> It's one of the first things I got introduced to Judd Apatow. Like, this is a movie I think that made the Judd Apatow universe. It, even though this movie doesn't branch out to that, but this is like one of the first movies we saw Paul Rudd being comedic. You know, we saw Seth Rogen start coming in. Like, this is like the Apatow start of his run of comedic gold. And I love this movie. I think it has so many good one-liners. Another thing I realized watching rewatching this, this movie could not be made today. No way in at hell. All. The scene where they're playing video games and they're like, you know how I know? Like, yeah. there's no way in hell that gets made today. Yeah, and that was completely ad-libbed by the yep. two actors, which I thought was pretty crazy. But no way in hell this could be made today. But it was hilarious when we first saw it. You know, I saw it in college, like, you know, at the, at the theater. It was just, you couldn't stop laughing, especially the part where he goes to get the uh, waxing. Oh, my God. You know, and that was really him getting waxed. So it's pretty crazy that Steve Carell went through that much trouble to make comedic gold. And he was completely nervous about making this. He thought it was going to bomb. I just think this movie is still like, even though that some of the stuff you can't say or it couldn't be made today, there's still stuff that I quote all the time. Like I was out today with my cousin and we were talking about someone and he's, he just got this new girlfriend and he just hangs out with her. I'm like, he put the pussy on a pedestal. Mm -hmm. and Like it's just still so quotable. Like, yeah. And, and <laughs> like, as I sit here and I look at my wall of Funko pops and my Batman toys, like <laughs> it's also like, relatable like no don't touch that one it's worth more if, if it's not in the if it's in the box right like well, yeah aquaman yeah <laughs> stay strong <laughs> but you know it just shows he's a nerd but i like the way you know Corell came out and said he lost a lot of weight for this role and he got in shape and apatel was kind of like hesitant about doing because he wanted to be like a nerdy guy but then you know Corell told him he is a nerd we want him to be nothing done wrong with him physically it's mostly mentally like he's, he's nervous so he thought that played better in the role. I think he did knock it out of the ballpark. He absolutely this was, did. This was his first role. It made 177 million, you know, which was big box office numbers then for a 26 million dollar budget. Well, and an R-rated comedy, that's a massive amount of money. Yeah, it was a uh, put them things away. <laughs> uh, yeah, the movie's great. And it's kind of funny that uh Catherine Kenner is starting to like this is like her big thing in comedies. Like she co- she appears in a couple other movies down the road, but like she was from, I remember her from Back to the Future Three. That's her. Right. I remember. As, and then as Doc Brown's like girl, right? Yeah. And now yeah. she's like the hot, you know, 
love interest this movie and then she's the hot mom in another she's, she's the hot grandma you're a hot grandma yeah and then she's in uh elf too she's the mom and elf no uh, that's mary steen version oh mary steen version. that's sorry. mary steen version yeah i get the next up but yeah um this film also had the great comedic cast mindy kaling's in it elizabeth um, banks elizabeth banks you know i hope you got a big trunk because i'm gonna put my bike in it <laughs> yeah uh jane lynch is hilarious she is as the the boss the poker yeah. game, like the poker game in the Circuit City, like after hours. <laughs> yes. like, Andy, have you ever felt a real tit? Yeah, it felt like a bag of sand. <laughs> that's what that's what Tony just for now. Well, one of my favorite parts is when uh, he's arguing with um, the uh, Middle Eastern guy, and he's like, he goes, "I'll fuck you up." He's like, "I will take the blade from my boots, and I cannot put it back until blood, blood is shed." <laughs> <laughs> so it tasted the blood. That part is hilarious. And then the other, like, are you still gonna cover my shift on Friday? Yeah, I got you. <laughs> he's like, if I could keep half this commission. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but the crazy part is the guy who his other friend, the other uh, Middle Eastern guy, who says, "I know you guys are hugging so softly." That guy actually killed somebody. Like he killed his girlfriend. And he's doing life in prison. That was, that's crazy. It. Yeah, I read that today. I'm like, that's crazy. The guy that couldn't put his blade away until blood has been shed. No, was no, no, also- no. Oh, also, God. the boss in Zach and Miri make a porno. Yeah. And he's like, you were playing the baseball? He's like, he's like, can I have Black Friday off? He's like, oh, you asked me because I'm the black man? Yeah, that, that movie, this movie is great. Of course, it really jo- is. Jonah Hill's in it. The dancing at the end of um, the Age of Aquarius. Like, that movie, it's, just, it's such a classic movie. It really like is. A, the speed said, dating scene from the sound clip you played. Yeah. It's just, uh, uh, or... Uh, he talks about Amy. I love Amy. We used to watch Harry Porker. <laughs> it's like we shared one heartbeat. Yeah. Then he gets like really drunk. It's like, hey, Amy, remember this? Remember, yeah, remember this ass? <laughs> yeah. When he's drunk at the uh, the um, selling the TV, he's like, if you play Michael Bolton one more time, I will fucking kill myself. <laughs> if I have to hear if I have to hear Yamo be there one more time, I'm gonna Yamo kill myself. Yeah, this movie is, there's so many quotable things to say, but like I said, it's not a movie that cannot be made today. And until it was only made 20, like 18 years ago. So that's crazy. It's, it's crazy. Still, how, it's, it's iconic, though. Yeah, definitely iconic. But uh, let's move on to our next one, my friend. It's like at the end of the day, I'm choosing between Lila and all the other women in the world. You've barely nailed any of the other women in the world. You haven't crushed more than three pussies since you broke off with Jody. Dad, what is this obsession with pussy crushing counting? I really, I just, I'm not comfortable with that term. Sorry. Snatch. Whatever. The Heart for a Kid, released in 2007, um, directed by Peter and Bobby Farley, who also directed There Is Something About Mary, Kingpin, Dumb and Dumber, Me, Myself, and Irene, Fever Pitch, Osmosis Jones, Shallow Howl, and Stuck on You. The movie stars Ben Stiller, Michelle Monaghan, Jerry Stiller, Malin Ackerman, and Carlos Mencia. The movie had a budget of $30 million and a box office of $128 million. So well, tell me about The Heartbreak Kid. So I could have, like, honestly, Yump, I could have went down the list and just did Judd Apatow movie, Judd Apatow, Judd Apatow movie. But I wanted to, like, I wanted to go for my list, like, some stuff that was a little bit underrated. And I don't think this movie did very well at the box office, but it's pretty fucking funny. Ben Stiller meets this girl, Malin Ackerman, and he's like, he doesn't want her to move away when they fall in love. So he just marries her like two weeks later. And he realized she's annoying as shit. 
he can't stand her. And he meets this other girl while they're on their honeymoon and he falls for her. And like, he tries to keep things separate. Carlos Mencia is really funny in it. Screw off. I'm kidding. Yeah. Um, uh, Jerry Stiller is fucking hilarious. RIP. Um, there's a scene where Jerry calls Ben on his honeymoon and he's in a hot tub in Vegas oh, with this God. older lady and this older lady's cans are massive and they just float to the top and she's like, Hey hon, I'm hanging out with your dad. And it was just, it's yeah, just she a, meant about the keynote table. Yeah. It's just a funny underrated R rated comedy that I really, really like. So when I first saw this movie, I didn't like it at first. I know it's a remake of like the seventies uh, version. I think somebody too. Yeah. Um, but I rewatched it again because I think at the time, like I, since it's made by the same people that directed something about Mary, I thought they were trying to go by something off about Mary. And I just took that context out and rewatched it. And Jerry Stiller's dad, um, I mean, Ben Stiller's dad, Jerry Stiller is just, you know, the highlight of this movie. He He's is hilarious. hilarious. Like he does not get enough recognition for how funny he is. Like Seinfeld, he was great. You know, Kings of Queens, he was great. Arthur like, in um, Kings of Queens is yeah. one of the most underrated TV characters of all time. No, by far. He he's extremely funny. And you know, this movie didn't make money, so it made 128 million off a $30 million budget. Oh, okay. Uh I thought the story was like the story, I can understand the story, but when I got to the, the towards the end, I'm like, uh, what the hell is like it was so random. Like he's home, like he's homeless yeah. trying to cross yeah. the border because he loses his passport. Yeah. Like kind of racist. Definitely. Right? A little bit of ra- a little bit racist, couldn't get made today. But mm-hmm. up until that point, the movie is like. It's actually pretty funny. Yeah, it had a lot of good good uh, one liners, and most of them were by uh, by Jerry Stiller, which is, you know, crushing the pee. <laughs> well, and Rob Corddry is in it too. Yes, he's very and there's good a, as well. There's a scene where like they're at a wedding of Ben Stiller's ex girlfriend, mm-hmm. and she's like, hey, you know, I had to kiss a few frogs um, to meet my prince. And Rob Corddry looks up and looks at Ben Stiller. He goes, ha! and he points at him like Nelson Muntz. <laughs> Yeah, it has like little like comedic time. It's it's definitely underrated. Uh, I would recommend it, you know, if you haven't seen it, like yeah. uh, and give it a watch. Like I said, I didn't like it at first, and I rewatched it, and I actually I grown to like it. it was it definitely? This is a really good pick. And yes, Brian, King of Queens is definitely underrated. Uh, I loved it. Uh, but let's move on to my next one, my friend. Uh, I'm actually, I just sat down. I'm just getting started. It's delicious, though. Thank you. I just go fuck myself. Sorry, what? Uh, 2008's Forgetting Sarah Marshall, uh, directed by Nicholas Stoller, who also directed Get Them to the Greek, The Five-Year Engagement, and Neighbors. Uh, this movie stars Kristen Bell, Jason Siegel, Paul Rudd, Mila Kunis, Bill Hader, and Russell Brand. Uh, it had a budget of thirty million and made a box office of one hundred and five million. So this is one of my picks. So this is when I was thinking about the Judd Apatow like universe, looking at the movies. Like this is the one that always comes to me. Besides the Forty Year Old Virgin, and when the Forty Year Old Virgin was made, when doing research, Apatow wanted Jason Segel to be in there as a character named Jason, but Paramount did not want him in there. They didn't know who he was. So he told him, why don't you write your own script about, you know, your, your relationships or whatever and see what happens. He wrote this role from his past breakups, one of them being with uh, Linda Cardelli, um, just from past experience. So the, him being naked and getting broken up with really did happen. It wasn't with her, but it was with somebody else. Uh, so a lot of his like real life is thrown into this movie and it's just hilarious. Like there's, it's so random 
the part, the Dracula musical, which I'm a big fan of. That part is it's a big part of the show. Aldo Snow, Russell Brand like breaks out here with Aldo Snow. He is hilarious. The the religious couple that <laughs> goes on their honeymoon. If God wanted you to play with the what does he say? If God wants you to play in a playground, he wouldn't have put a sewer there. <laughs> like that guy is hilarious. He's from 30 Rock. I can't yep. think of his name. No, this movie has Bill Hader and his wife is is, is great. Uh this movie is he plays the awkward brother-in-law. This movie is just, to me like it's what got me really into the Apatel universe going forward. Uh, what do you think about it, Sol? Well, Yump, you know that this is the movie that I put on when I'm sick or under the weather. <laughs> um, this movie always makes me feel better. I quote it every day. Um, people at work, like, they hate when they tell me no on something. Like, like, hey, man, can I get, like, can you bring me up an iPhone? And they're like, no, I can't right now. And I just go, I'll just go fuck myself. <laughs> right? I quote it every day with everybody. You know that. I say it to you all the time. I'll just go fuck myself. Um, Jonah Hill's character is hilarious in this movie. He's an obsessed um, like music fan that loves um, infant sorrow and all this snow. Um, and he like sneaks him his uh, like his demo tape and he brings him a cake. Um, I, I just think this movie is so perfect and it makes me want to go to Hawaii. Um, Mila Kunis is fantastic and she's just a smoke show in this movie. Uh, I yeah, the Dracula puppet show is hilarious I, I i can't say good enough good enough things about this movie i love um anything judd apatow because i am an og fan of freaks and geeks freaks yes. and geeks is like top five favorite tv shows of all time uh spoiler alert for something maybe coming up um freaks and geeks the, the whole cast is in this movie is in every apatow movie judd apatow did two tv shows before he did these movies. He did Freaks and Geeks, and then he did a show called Undeclared with mm-hmm. um, who's the kid in Undeclared? He was also in Goon. Why am I having a brain fart? Uh, Sean William Scott? Not Sean William Scott. Um, he was in This Is The End. I'm having a brain oh, fart. Je- Jed, um, Jay Baruchel. Jay Baruchel. Yeah. Who, by the way, hates Jonah Hill in real life. That yeah. beef in This Is The End is uh, real. versus Jonah Hill is real. He hates Jonah Hill in real life. Um. Maybe he read one of his uh, texts. Maybe, maybe he, he, they shared a therapist. Oh my god! Um, I like anything with any of the Apatow universe in it. Linda Cardinelli, Jay Baruchel, um, yeah, Charlie Hunnam before Sons of Anarchy was in Undeclared. Uh, just, I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that you know, it's, I love the fact you bring that up because Ap- that's why I said Apatow wanted sequel to be in Forty Year Old Virgin. Couldn't they wouldn't let him be in it, so he made this. And just the fact he wrote it from personal experiences cracked me up. And the fact that going forward, Jason Siegel was actually in the Muppets movie. <laughs> so it makes sense with the uh Dracula musical. You know, you go back to that. I love the inside the um like the fourth wall of the TV show within the movie. Yeah. That Kristen crime Bell's scene, scene crime, of the crime. Yeah, scene of the crime with um uh what's his name? William Baldwin. When uh, he just has horrible one-liners, talk yeah. about a stiff. Talk death. about a stiff. Yeah, and then he plays the ominous music in the background. Uh, but you know, it's it's definitely a classic. Another movie that can't be made today. Definitely no, can't be made today. Not at all. Fun fact: the producers of the Muppets all draft. Yeah, that's a, you're totally right, Sam. That's uh, that's why um, it's funny that they had the Dracula musical and then eventually branched out to him being in the Muppet Show. There's a line in Forgetting Sarah Marshall where he's he's. Like 
Sarah Marshall's my ex-girlfriend. He's like, I know you've told everybody. It's like the Sopranos. It's, it's over. Cool. Get over it. Yeah, and he's like, uh, are those happy <laughs> tissues or <laughs> sad tissues? tissues or happy <laughs> tissues? He's like, I think I'm gonna need a minute. It's like, stop crying. You like? He's like, well, you look like a big baby. <laughs> yeah, that movie. This movie is great. It's um, perfect. If you haven't seen it, definitely check it out. Like these movies, they've been out for a while, but like they're so good. Like you can watch them. This one, this will definitely crack you up just from like the whole the hilarity of the, the scenes. Yeah. The part where he gets broken up naked is so ridiculous. I remember watching like, I've got here. something for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um it's the like, part where she's talking about when when he wouldn't change his clothes for months. And there's a part where he has a fucking staff watching the other screen. Like, you thou shall not pass. pass. And he's like, oh, because they're Costco sweatpants, it's a big deal. But if they were Sean John, it would be okay. <laughs> yeah, definitely a classic. I love this movie. Um, it was really hard to pick my list. And this is why I went with this one for be one of my favorites. But uh, you ready to move on to the next one, my friend? Yeah, let's do it. Get that shit. Fuck you, Ronnie. Fuck you. 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 Fuck you, Ronnie. Fuck you. Fuck you, Ronnie. Fuck you, Saddam Hussein of Iraq. Fuck you. Fuck you. 2009's Observe and Report, written and directed by Jody Hill, who did Eastbound and Down, The Roadie, The Foot First Way, and The Righteous Gemstones. He actually directed 11 episodes of that. Uh, This stars Seth Rogen, Anna Faris, Ray Liotta, and Michael Pena. This movie had a box office of 18 million of 24 million on the 18 million dollar budget swell this is another one of your picks tell me about observe and report this movie is so fucked up this movie is jacked up um it is a it is an r-rated comedy but it is a dark comedy because it goes places that you are not expecting i think the person that steals this movie is michael pena michael pena is hilarious um he plays this dude with a like a a jerry curl and a lisp and he's one of his security guards you can see it on the movie poster if you're watching the video dennis. or the youtube of this dennis he's fucking hilarious in this movie he steals this movie the other character that i think is hilarious in this movie is the great ray liotta mm-hmm. like he plays the cop that's investigating this the robberies in the mall and the flasher in the mall um and he just butts head with seth rogan who plays a bipolar, manic, depressive security guard that wants to be a cop. And he can't be a cop because of his mental issues. Um, you're right. Like, I got to watch what I say here. Um, but this is a dark, dark comedy, and it is fantastic and slept on. Anna Ferris is really, really funny in it. Um, what's his name is in it, too? Uh, Patton Oswalt is in mm-hmm. this movie. It's really, really good. I This is one of my sleeper underrated r-rated comedies yeah so this movie is another underrated one that hasn't really gotten a lot of traction in it but the michael pena character in here reminds me a lot of what he basically transitions to in the ant-man movies yes as his um his buddy like he just shows his comedic timing like you see it sort of started in here a great character seth rogan i think it's hilarious uh seth rogan actually said he was too fat for this movie he was having a lot of trouble breathing so he actually you know, convince him to lose weight because he's in New Mexico and the air is thinner there. So he was saying that this movie convinced him to lose weight, which which without this movie, you wouldn't have a skinnier Seth Rogen, which I thought was pretty funny. Um, one of my favorite scenes in this movie is when they get pissed off and they just go and beat the shit out of the, the skateboarder. skateboarder. 
Yeah, the skateboard kids are just going around. They play this music. They're just punching him in the face. I'm like, what the hell is going on? There's a scene where Ray Liotta and Seth Rogen are in the office and they're talking about whatever. And Seth Rogen goes, I know who did it. He goes, who? He goes, let me show you. And he brings him over to Aziz and Zari. Yeah. Aziz and Zari's rubbing lotion on this girl. And he's like, you want some bubbles for the bubble bath? <laughs> and he goes, this guy, I got a fucking restraining order against this guy. And he's like, what do you have a restraining order? He's like, he told me I threatened to blow up the Chick-fil-A. And Aziz and Zari fucking dead face goes, why would I blow up the Chick-fil-A? It's fucking delicious. Right. And it's just fucking, it's the one line. The timing is fantastic. And then like, when did this come out? 2009? Yep. Like, it ends really, really dark. Yes. Like, I don't want to spoil it because I think it's a slept-on movie, but it ends really, really dark. So you should watch this if you get a chance. Yeah, and I think uh, you said Ray Liotta did a great job um, as Detective Harrison. That role is actually set up for Danny McBride, which makes a lot of sense because uh, Jody Hill wrote a lot and directed a lot of Eastbound Down, which is another great series if you haven't seen that. Um, but he couldn't do it. Like, they kept pushing off his time. So he only had, like, a part as a crackhead in this movie. I got but a I little... Thought- I got a little fucked up last night and started watching Eastbound and Down, and it was hilarious. <laughs> That's a great show. <laughs> it's so good. Um, we might talk about that soon, but uh, you know, and that there's another thing too. This movie came out at the same time as Paul Blart. In my opinion, Paul Blart got a lot of publicity, and it's okay movie. I think Observer Reports actually a better movie than Paul Blart. Oh, way better. But uh, like I, like Swole said, Observer Reports a little bit more darker. Yeah. than Paul Blart. But if you haven't seen any of them, like definitely check out this one. This is a, a underrated classic of Rogan. And if you haven't noticed, we already went through how many three Seth Rogan movies? Three Seth Rogan movies, and I think there's still maybe a couple more to come. Yeah, a couple more to come. You can, I think he's becoming the uh, the king of the art comedy. At he least. just man, he like he knows how to write for people our age and speak to us, and it's just like he just writes good, funny movies. He's got a new show on Apple TV Plus called Platonic with uh, mm-hmm. Rose Byrne, and mm-hmm. it's pretty funny too. Yeah, I have to check that. There's so much stuff I just got to check out. It's, but um, Richard Roper said it. We can't we can't digest every piece of content. Definitely. But uh, let's get into our next one. Listen to me, Dale. Look, when I was a kid, when I was a little boy, I always wanted to be a dinosaur. I wanted to be a Tyrannosaurus Rex more than anything in the world. I made my arms short and I roamed the backyard and I, I chased the neighborhood cats and I growled and I roared. Everybody knew me and was afraid of me. And then one day my dad said, Bobby. You're 17. It's, it's time to throw childish things aside. And I said, okay, Pa. But he didn't really say that. He said, stop being a fucking dinosaur and get a job. 2008 Step Brothers, directed by Adam McKay, who also directed Vice, The Big Short, The Other Guys, Helga Knights, The Bellow of Ricky Bobby, and Anchorman, The Legend of Ron Burgundy. This is one of my picks. Uh, this movie has been quoted by everyone I know. Uh, John C. Riley and Will Ferrell, like their chemistry in this movie is just perfect. I know certain people don't like it, but it, to me, it's hilarious. Like they're both 40 year old losers that live with their parents, one with his mom, one with his dad. They event up and eventually get married and they're eventually pushed off to basically do their own thing in their real and to, you know, as adults. But I mean, boats and hoes, prestige worldwide. How many times has that been quoted out? Uh, did you touch my drum set? I'm burying you alive. Just sit there. I got a belly full of white dog crap, and now you're gonna lay this shit on me. Yeah, why are you? Why are you all sweaty? Oh, I was watching cops. I was watching cops. <laughs> like, and then they're watching the fucking Steven Seagal movie together on the couch. They're watching. Like, was it Mark it. for Death? No, above the law. It's it was like, above it, the law. Yeah, he breaks his arm. <laughs> like, yeah. 
oh, we put some uh, whiteout on a bee. It died. It died. You know, uh, Adam Scott, like, is such an underrated character in here, too, as... Um, oh, when they sing Guns N' Roses in the car, yeah. I was fucking yeah. dying. I, like, he won for singing uh, Vanilla Ice. <laughs> the talent show. show. Derek, you know, when he comes, he like, pulls up his shelves, his abs, and every time they see him, like, walking, Ice Ice Baby comes out. Fucking Catalina Wine Mixer is another thing that came out of this. Like, there's so many quotable things that, like, people still talked about. Like no, it's he'll eat your dick like Kobayashi. <laughs> Someone's gonna claim that. Yeah, it's it's hilarious. <laughs> like the movie itself is just great. Like so much great chemistry, and it, it kind of like pains me that you know Adam McKay wrote this with Will Ferrell. Him and Will Ferrell were very very good friends. They became good friends in John C. Riley, and he's also known for writing Winning Time and the story of the Lakers. Yeah. Yes, Will Ferrell really wanted to be Jerry Buss. But Adam McKay felt John C. Riley was just better suited, which he is. He's winning multiple awards now, nominated for awards. And Will Ferrell got mad and basically ended their friendship and cut off their business ventures, which is crazy. That is crazy. Yeah. And it's nothing, you, uh, you know what's crazy? Like, I love this movie. You know mm-hmm. I love this movie. It's not my favorite John C. Riley movie on this list. I know. I know it's one of going to be. It's one's coming up soon. Yeah. Like, I love this movie's iconic. It's perfect. It's hilarious. But it just goes to show you how fucking good John C. Riley is in almost everything he does. Yeah, and this is uh, Mary Stenberg's uh, plays his mom and Elf, and then his mom here, which is right. hilarious. I think it's hilarious. And um, then she fucked Johnny Depp and what's eating Gilbert Grape? Oh my god! Yeah, um, this is a House of Doctors. You're not a doctor. You curly-headed fuck. We just think your mom is hot. We want to bang her. It's so bad. Another movie that cannot be made today, but no, it's like it's iconic. Just with a different comedy. Get out! <laughs> Get out of here, Dewey! You don't want no part of this. <laughs> but yeah, this is a you know, it's, and John C. Riley again got big after this. He was in Chicago. Yeah, Step Brothers. He went to do Wild Card. You know, another underrated actor from Chicago. I love John C. Riley, man. But yeah, totally a great classic. If you haven't seen this one, I don't know where you've been because this movie's quoted a lot out there. Brian, are we going to talk about Walk Hard? Mm, I no. don't know. No, we're not. not. It's a different John C. Riley movie. Definitely is. Uh, but let's get into our next one, Saul. Oh, my God. Mom, your brother's not well. We better call an ambulance. Fuck him! <laughs> That's like one of my favorite quotes for this movie. 1983's Trading Places, directed by John Landis, who directed The Blues Brothers, Schlock, Coming to America, Animal House, Three Amigos, and American Werewolf in London, as well as The Twilight Zone, which had unfortunate circumstances surrounding it. This movie stars Eddie Murphy, Dan Aykroyd, Jamie Lee Curtis, Ralph Bellamy, and Don Amici. Swole, tell me about Trading Places. So I know Brian wanted this, and this movie is not on the list because Brian wanted it. I love Brian, um, but this is a movie that my wife and I watch every Thanksgiving. It's a holiday movie. It's funny. Um, it's charming. It's got a great cast. You know, John Landis really knew what buttons to push with Dan Aykroyd and Eddie Murphy. I think just think I think this is an iconic movie. Jamie Lee Curtis is in this movie. This is probably like my favorite Eddie Murphy movie of all time. I just think this is iconic R-rated comedy. This is not my favorite. This is my second favorite Eddie Murphy movie of all time. Uh, I think he did The Golden w- Child. Is that your favorite one? Actually, Golden Child's pretty funny. <laughs> Golden Child's not bad. Um, but I think this is his second movie he's done, if I believe, because I think he did 48 hours before he did this one. 
other but, uh, another bunch of great movies. I just think it's more of an action movie. Otherwise, it could have been considered for it. Yeah, but this one is uh, you know, it's great. It has Jamie Lee Curtis in her first role outside of horror movies. Like she was in the um Nightmare Train, she was in the Halloween series, of course. And they didn't want to cast her in this movie because they thought she was in horror movies. Uh Landis had to fight for her. And I thought she played the role, you know, great. This is kind of Dan Aykroyd stepping out of the Belushi era, even though our favorite Jim Belushi is Jim's in it. Yeah. Yeah. But Monkey. And you know, and when he goes to jail, when he holds up the um his when he's taking his mugshot, the numbers on there are the same one Jake Blues has when he's in jail. Yep. As he was playing tribute to Jake, to John Belushi. But this is kind of him stepping out of, you know, the Belushi era and showing he's still a comedian, you know, he like people don't talk about Aykroyd enough for his comedic timing and whatnot. He's a pretty funny guy outside of, you know, and a great writer outside of, you know, the Blues Brothers and whatnot, like Ghostbusters. He's pretty hilarious. Like he's Tommy Boy. He's hilarious. He's he's just like like when he was at his peak, you couldn't touch him with his comedic writing. Definitely. And. The funny thing about this was it wasn't originally supposed to be Aykroyd and Murphy. This movie is actually written as a vehicle for Richard Pryor and Gene Wilder. Richard Pryor dropped out. He couldn't do it. He had scheduling conflict. Gene Wilder was still attached and the studio hired Eddie Murphy. And Eddie Murphy came and said, you know, with all due respect to Mr. Wilder, I don't want to do the movie with him because I don't want to make it look like I'm copying Richard Pryor. Yeah. And he eventually dropped and they brought in Dan Aykroyd. And I thought the chemistry between them two was great. Driving Miss Daisy is pretty terrific. Uh, another one that he's awesome in is My Girl, right? Like he's the dad in My Girl, mm-hmm. and he's just really good. Like he's just a pretty good actor in general. I'm I'm a big Dan Aykroyd fan. Yeah, for sure. He he's hilarious. Um, in other roles besides uh, Stance, Raymond Stance. Yeah, but you know this is like another movie that made Eddie Murphy really big. The funny part I found was when they're talking about trades and commodities. Eddie Murphy said he didn't know what the hell they were talking about. It was too confusing. He just read what was on script. It's like the and, scene in Austin Powers when they're <laughs> explaining time travel. He's like, oh no, I've gone cross-eyed. Yeah, totally, uh, totally like that. But, you know, Don Amici's hilarious in it. And the part where I, he says, when his brother has a heart attack, and they're like, your brother, Water Mary's like, fuck him. Fuck him. And then the bet is a dollar. Yeah, and they're like, such big dicks. You know, in this movie, like, well, and I love, him. and I love that they they threw it back to them in another movie where they bring them in. I'm not going to say the movie. Actually, it might be coming up next. Okay, then you want to go right into it? Yeah, let's just go right into the next. Let's one. go right into it. Hello, hi. You know, I started on cleanup just like you guys, but now, see, I'm washing lettuce. Soon I'll be on fries, then the grill. A year or two. I make assistant manager. And that's where the big bucks start rolling in. Just two years, eh? 1988's Coming to America, directed by John Landis, starring Eddie Murphy, Victoria Dillard, Arsenio Hall, John Amos, and Eric LaSalle. The movie has a budget of $30 million and a box office of $288 million. So this is one of my picks. This is my favorite Eddie Murphy movie of all time. Uh, this is one of the first movie, Eddie Murphy movies I saw besides 48 Hours. And comedically, this is my favorite one with him because it's just so fucking hilarious. He plays so many roles in this movie. Randy Watkins. Uh, he plays the Jewish guy at the as uh, and, and the barbershop, as well as the guy who cuts the hair. Yep. Ooh, what, what kind of treatment are you using, boy? You know, it, he's just great in this movie. As a, somebody from a foreigner from out of town who's just very, very gullible. 
my one of my favorite parts in the movie. I didn't include it here because I had to pay tribute to Louis, but when he's like, hello, New York, and they're like, fuck you. And he's fuck like, yes, you. fuck you too. Like that part's hilarious. You know, you know, just the whole chemistry between him and Arsenio Hall is great. When they go looking for the wife in the, in the uh, clubs is funny. Uh, just like really, really good stuff. And I love the fact that James Earl Jones is in this with uh, the, I forget what's her name. Um, I can't think of her name. But she's actually James Earl Jones and the Queen in this movie are uh, Queen Ayle and Ma- uh, Sinclair, Maggie Sinclair. They actually play the mother and, fa- uh, and uh, father in The Lion King. Yeah, they play Mufasa and um, uh, Sarami. Sarami, yeah. Maggie Ma- 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 Sinclair. But, you know, FFF Grey Gray's in this movie. Cindy Poitier was considered for this movie. Samuel Jackson's in the movie. Samuel Jackson's movie. John Amos, another uh, good times. He's hilarious as the McDowell's. And that's the best part. They're stealing fucking McDonald's. The Big Mick. Yeah. And in terms of Louis Anderson, the reason he got that role was the studio wanted them to include white comedic actors. And when Eddie was considering them, he liked Louis Anderson's work one, but also uh, Louis Anderson told the story that he went out to dinner. He was making pretty good money writing for Benny Youngman as uh, his joke writer and doing his own standup. And Eddie went to dinner and he's told the, uh, per- the restaurant, Listen, here's my card. Put it on my card, whatever Eddie has. Don't tell him I did it, you know, until he, after he's done. And he left. And Eddie Murphy called him a couple of days later. It was actually him. And he said, you know, nobody's ever done that for me. I'm always the one paying. And he's like, well, you know, I, you know, somebody should do it for you. He's like, you know, I have this movie coming out called Coming to America. We have a small role in it. Do you want it? And that's how he got the role of the guy at McDonald's. He killed it. Also... Louis Anderson had a like an animated show on in the nineties. Life with Louis. Life with Louis, and it was awesome. <laughs> yes, it was awesome. You know, my brother watched that a lot. You know, just the comedic stuff in here is so glow. Like uh, Eric Paul, LaSalle. Eric, Eric LaSalle from ER is in it. Like, it's just a, it's just a really great movie. It's kind of iconic. The sequel sucked ass. Um, but whatever. We don't talk about it. It's almost like non-canon at this point. Definitely. And the crazy thing is, when this movie was made, Landis had a horrible le- reputation. His four past four movies bombed. Uh, coming to this, you know, this is after the Twilight Zone ha- episode happened. And if you don't know about the Twilight Zone circumstances, uh, two an actor and two children were killed in one of the scenes. He actually got sued and was the first director in, you know, the history of cinema in the United States to be charged with manslaughter. Uh, he was found acquitted, but it used up a lot of his money. Nobody wanted to touch him. And Eddie Murphy actually went to bat for him to actually direct this movie. And the funny thing is, even though he did that, they fought a lot in the film and they vowed to never work with each other again until Beverly Hills Cop 3. But, you know, there's close... Sorry, I didn't mean to... Go ahead. ahead. So, in every... um, Oh, fuck. In every uh, Landis movie, he has the quote, see you next Tuesday in it. Mm -hmm. He took it from 2001, A Space Odyssey. Do you know where it's at in coming to America? I'm asking honestly. I don't know where it's at. No. Yeah, like it's got to be somewhere. I'm gonna have to research it. But um, he has that saying on a poster in every movie he's ever made. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's somewhere. If I if I looked harder, I would have to look. I'll have to look it up because I don't remember where it's at in coming to America. But you know, there's like I said, F. Gray Gray's in this movie. He's in the uh, Black Awareness Program. You know that they have with the um the auditorium with Randy Watkins. And actually, you know who else is well um. A horror icon is actually in this movie. Can you tell me who it is? 
horror icon. He's made, he's a very small role. Like you see him, he doesn't have no speaking words, but he's shown in the movie. And I'll say even in the same auditorium when they have Randy Watkins, he's right by Lisa. Hmm. Um, you know, just because it's you, is it Bruce Campbell? No, it's not Bruce Campbell. But Bruce Campbell's in something. Uh, something with Bruce Campbell's in another movie. Toby Hooper is actually. Oh, uh, right, okay. Is actually right. You mean next the director of Poltergeist? Yes, director of Poltergeist. Uh, is right next to Lisa. He just for some reason he's in this movie, which I thought was hilarious. That's funny. Uh, Paula Abdul actually choreographed the dancing in the beginning of the movie when they do the dance the ceremony dance, which was awesome, and it, it was done just the drum beats because they didn't have the score done. Was she, she dating Arsenio Hall? I don't know. I feel like she may have been during, I don't know. I don't know, but Paula Abdul is known for her choreography. And Absolutely. Was, she was a Laker girl. Yeah. Uh, so she did a great job. And it's, it's just a lot of, you know, this movie's iconic in terms of, uh, 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 you know, quotes. You have uh, the Royal Peace is Clean, which is picked up by Snoop Dogg for his song. That's that. Um, Ludacris um, had the audio in uh, his album, Chicken and Beer. Yeah, chicken and beer. Yeah, you know it, it's it's just iconic. It's picked up in regular use. And yes, they didn't make a sequel, like you said, that was very brutally bad. Can I um? Can I tell you a little? It's not a fun fact for anybody else but mm-hmm. me. But um, my seventy five year old in laws love this movie. Like my mother in law and my father in law love this movie. <laughs> it's awesome, man. It, I mean, it's a fantastic movie. She was the Laker girl. I love Paula. Yeah, she was the Laker girl. She absolutely was. Um, Opposites of Track is like one of my favorite music videos. Well, as a kid Arsenio played the cat. Yes, he did. Yeah. Uh, it's a great, uh, yeah, great music video. You get throwing me off, Brian. <laughs> but uh, Brian's yeah, good at that. Definitely Coming to America is like my favorite Eddie Murphy movie. And and I know easily. Yeah, it's easy to be in top two. Yeah. But with that, Mr. Swole, so Bordo, let's go into this mystery pick you had. You're listening to Yumper and Spo at the Show Podcast. Be sure to follow the guys on Twitter at Yumper and Spo. Watch live podcasts and subscribe on YouTube at Sadistic Penguin Studios. And check out the website at www.sadisticpenguinstudios.com. So I just did the whole chicken rigmarole, and I'm on my way to my room. Have you seen the pool yet? Yeah, it's incredible. I mean, there's like palm trees and stuff. The whole place smells like chlorine. It's like I'm in Barbados or somewhere. <laughs> oh, here we are. Mikasa, junior suite. Hang on a second here. Figure out how this deal works. He's like a sneaking credit card. <laughs> There's an Afro-American man standing in my room. <laughs> He's smiling at me. 2011 Cedar Rapids, directed by Miguel Arteta, who also directed Youth in Revolt, The Good Girl, and Duck Butter. This movie stars Egg Helms, John C. Riley, Anne Heche, Stephen Root, Kurt Woodsmith, and Isaiah Whitlock Jr. So we had a budget of ten million and a box office of seven million. So Swole, I have to be honest with you. Until you told me about this, I never heard of it. <laughs> so this movie um, is just a movie that I discovered like through a buddy. You know, it was released at Sundance, and um, the cast is really good. Ed Helms is the the main character. John C. Riley is probably my favorite role of John C. Riley ever in this movie. Um, 
Sigourney Weaver is like the old, the older MILF, not the old MILF, but the older woman. She's a total MILF. He's this naive insurance salesman from small town in Iowa. Um, Cedar Crapids is what he calls it, right? And they go to this insurance seminar, and it all takes place at this insurance seminar over the weekend. And it is truly an underrated gem. John C. Riley plays this loud, abrasive, like just jerk. And then Isaiah Whitlock is in this movie, and we all know him from The Wire, right? Mm. Shit. And he drops that line in this movie. He's yes. like, and he plays like the whitest black guy. And he's like, I've been known to enjoy the HBO series The Wire. And he's like, they're like, say the line. He's like, shit. <laughs> um, John C. Riley is a drunkard, like foul language. They're swimming, and he put he takes the garbage can and he takes the helmet from the garbage cans. He goes, "I'm Captain Nemo of the SS Muff Diver." While they're yeah. swimming, this is my seaman's hat. This is my seaman's hat. Yeah, I I never so I never seen this movie. I watched it like, um, and I thought it was hilarious. Like John C. Riley steals a show. Like Ed Helms put is. Ed Helms is very good at playing the uh, like geeky weird character. He does it really well in The Hangover, but he does it too extreme in this movie. He does, and it really reminds. So this movie reminds me of a, a movie that I saw with my wife. Um, what's her name? With the girl Renee Zellweger, and she's in uh, uh, Minnesota, and she goes to save like a, a, a basically like a some kind of factory, but it's like. The reason I say that I can't even think of the name of the movie right now. She, if she's in the chat, she'll remind me. But it's a, uh, it's one of the. It's, it wasn't really well known, but it's pretty hilarious. Like, and that's why I think of this movie as like one of those one that was like forgotten. That is yeah. there. Like, and it's it's pretty good. Like it was. It wasn't like it's not the greatest, but it has some funny things in it, and it shows um, Ed Helms uh, you know, range as an actor, and John C. Riley just steals the show again. Like he's hilarious in this movie. I, I just think this movie is severely underrated and no, not a lot of people know about it. Like Ed Helms is this straight laced character who doesn't do anything. And then before you know it, like at the end of the movie, he's smoking crack at a house party. Right. Yeah. Like, and they got to go rescue him. And it's just like, if you, you need to see this movie, it's really good. <laughs> it definitely is. Uh, the movie is called new in town that I was talking about with uh, Renee Zellweger and it's okay. called tapioca pudding. It's what they're, what she's trying to save. It's pretty. That movie's pretty funny too. It's got uh, the the guy from um, uh, Whiplash, uh, J.K. Simmons. J.K. Simmons, who looks yeah. like, exactly like my father in law. They're splitting images of each other. Uh, but yeah, that definitely check out City Rapids. If you haven't seen it, like I said, I never heard of it until uh, Swole mentioned it to me. I saw it. I loved it. Check it That's out. Awesome. It's pretty funny. That's vindication for me. That's always the goal. But let's get into the main event. Our big number ten. Of uh, the evenings, well. Wait, you changed your name to McLovin? McLovin? What kind of a stupid name is that, Fogel? What are you trying to be an Irish R&B singer? Oh, they let you pick any name you want when you get down there. And you landed on McLovin? Yeah, it was between that and Muhammad. Why the fuck would it be between that or Muhammad? Why don't you pick a common name like a normal person? Muhammad is the most commonly used name on earth. Read a fucking book for once. Fogel, have you ever actually met anyone named Muhammad? Have you actually ever met anyone named McLovin? No, that's why you picked a dumb fucking name. Fuck you. Give me that. All right. You look like a future pedophile in this picture, number one. Number two, it doesn't even have a first name. It just says McLovin. What? One name? One name? What, who are you, Seal? 
2007's Superbad, directed by Greg Moltola, uh, who also directed Veteranland, The Day Trippers, Paul, and Confess Fletch, which is a new Fletch movie that just came out, uh, starring starring Michael Sarah, Jonah Hill, Christopher Mintz Place, Emma Stone, Marth Masiek, and Bill Hader, along with Seth Rogen. Um, this movie, to me, is my one of my favorites R-rated comedy of all time. When I first saw this movie, I was uh, it was my last year in college. It was 2007. Uh, I remember watching this with my buddy Greg, and we could not stop laughing. We had the bootleg of this. We could not stop laughing. Jonah Hill's timing in this movie is awesome. Uh, Christopher Mintz Place's acting is great at McLovin, and Michael Cera does his best at playing the nerdy weird kid. And you know, there's so many great scenes in here when he goes and sings. These eyes, dude. You're you're Jimmy's brother, man. My brother Jimmy, came all the way down from Arizona to hear you sing, and he sings these eyes. It's like one of the worst fucking renditions of these eyes. Doo-doo, but they're always cheering. Him. Yeah, they're all cheering him on. Uh, Seth um, Seth Rogen and Bill Hader, Officer Slater, when they're <laughs> their uh, whole chemistry there is great. When he says "Don't fuck with the police," and he's dancing in the at the end of the the movie when he's dancing after they break up the party, that part's hilarious. Um. And Jonah Hill, of course, is, you know, excellent in the movie with all his time, his comedic timing. Just give me a fucking A. Nobody gives a fuck anymore. <laughs> like, it, it's just so many great th- scenes in this that I can, like, now just thinking about it in my head makes me laugh. Like, the McLovin aspect of it. Why are you wearing a vest? You look, you look like Pinocchio. <laughs> he's like, go put the vest, go put the vest back in your locker, Aladdin. Yeah, he's like, go put, you look like Aladdin. He's like, I'm trying to look older. <laughs> like, just the whole dynamic is, you know, great between all of them, and definitely one of my favorite comedies of all time. What yeah, I, no, like I agree. I went to go see this with my cousin Mark, and um, I quote it to this day. Like, it's probably. It's it is the peak iconic R-rated comedy. Like he's like, do you have any any other closer? Do you only shop at Baby Gap? He's like, what? He's like, I can't wear cargo shorts. No one's got a hand job in cargo shorts since Vietnam, right? Like the like his liners are fucking hilarious. Um, you know, he gets hit by the car and he's like, you take him to the party. He's like, you guys on MySpace? Yeah, I was like, that's your friend. She yeah, she got a MySpace or something, you know. What are you doing here? You, who's your fucking friends? Your weird fucking friends? I think you're a dick, man. That you know. I'm sorry, Ethan. That or I'm sorry that the Cohen brothers don't direct the porn that I watch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This movie is great. Uh, the part that cracks me up too is when they, um, when McLovin goes to buy the alcohol from the store, and he drops that bottle, and like the Mexican guy comes up to him, he's like, Fuck "Did you life. do this? Yeah, he's like, "Did you do this, sir?" He's like, no. And he's like, fuck my life. Then when they go to the party, he's together, freaks all the alcohol. It's like, yeah, it's get fucked up. Well, then when he's checking out at that same scene, he's checking out the beer. He's like, that's my favorite beer. I've been drinking it for years. I've heard they've recently added more hops Hops. to the recipe. Yeah, to the recipe. And this is where I said the Bruce Campbell tie-in cousin, because the guy who actually punches him is Tim Trella, and he's actually Bruce Campbell's stunt double in Army of Darkness. I knew you'd find a way to get... (laughs) To get Bruce Campbell in here, I love it, dude. Um, this movie like sparked a bunch of like it was the coattails of this movie since it was popularity and like it blew up at the box office. You know the popularity of everything with this. You know, Joe Bit Taylor used this, uh, you know, directed by the uh, produced by the people that create Superbad. You know, um, 
they were just the Dewey Cox story. Another thing that just used this as a tagline because it was so like famous and big. big. It was everywhere. You know, it launched the career of you know Christopher Mintz Place. He did the uh, what he do um, role models, role models, which is another great movie that I really hard for me not to pick of that one. He also did uh, Kick Ass. You know, he did do Kick Ass, yeah. And Michael Sarah was actually introduced to this role by uh, Jay Burchall. He actually went to Seth Rogen. Seth Rogen asked him, you know, does anybody know anybody that could play, you know, this character of Evan? And Jay Burchall said, I got this guy named Michael Sarah. That would be perfect. And when Jonah Hill and Seth Rogen were casting for this role, they just said they just wanted to find a new best friend. And that's why they cast, you know, Michael Sarah. And they're pretty close to it. As you know, it's like he's in a lot of their movies too, his little cameos. Well, also, like I've heard, you know, I think we talked about, um, what do we talk about? About they hated Jonah Hill making it. Oh, Jay Baruchel. Yeah. Jonah Hill hated Christopher Mons, Christopher Miss Place on the set of this movie. <laughs> yeah. Like he hated him. So his hate towards McLovin was really, really like legit and it was real. Yes. McLovin's place is being a kick ass. He's a big daddy. Uh, you know, that, that's so supposed, you know, perfect. They hate each other and like, it comes out like you, it comes gonna, out naturally. I'm gonna rip your fucking face off and put it over mine. First of all, you don't, you have, don't have the hands or the precision to pull off a procedure like that. Yeah, just to the whole dirtiness of that cracks me up. And this movie was written by Evan Goldberg and Seth Rogen when they were still in their teenagers. Yeah, they wanted to direct it. This is the movie they wrote, and I think it's kind of cool coming around that they made it big to where they can direct what kind of movie they want. And they made a think, fucking masterpiece. I also think Seth Rogen's dad is in it when they're. Like running from the cops and they cut through the backyard. Yeah, he's the guy with the bat. He's the guy with the bat that comes out in his underwear and he chases him. <laughs> it's fucking hilarious. Yeah. Uh, and to tie it into Batman's, well, Michael Sarah, Emma Stone, Christopher Mintz-Place, and Jonah Hill all had something to do with superheroes. Emma Stone was Spider Man's girlfriend. Hill is the voice of Green Lantern and the Lego movies. Christopher Mintz-Place is the enemy Red Mist, as I said, in Kick Ass. And Michael Sarah is the voice of Robin in the Lego Batman movie. He's also in Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Oh my God. I love that movie. I have, <laughs> I have, dude, that's like one of my, that is one of my, if we ever talk about underrated movies, that has to be one of my favorite like movies of all times. I fucking love Scott the Pilgrim. Versus soundtrack the soundtrack is awesome. It's I actually have great. it on vinyl. That's how much I love that movie. It's, I love that movie. I saw that movie. And the first time, time I saw that movie was in, uh, when I worked at the jail. I saw that movie on a double feature. I snuck in. I went to, I paid to go see the town. And then I snuck in to see um, Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Definitely, definitely a great movie. You haven't seen that one, but super bad. There's not really, you know, we could go on and on about it. I don't want to drag on, you know, drag on because it'll just be us rambling about it. It's, it's such a it's, great movie. It's the perfect R rated comedy. And I absolutely love it. And I know we mentioned that when we were doing, when we did the eighties movies and then we did some of the nineties movies that we always want to end like those teen movies at the peak with super bad. That was like our pinnacle of those movies. It really is. We're both in a hundred percent agreement on that. Yeah. So if you haven't seen it, I definitely will recommend checking it out. Uh, So Swole, we went through 10 movies, five of us, five each from us. Are there any movies that we left off that you can be an honorable mention? Yeah, I think, I think we've mentioned a couple of them. I think role models can be an honorable Mm -hmm. mention. Um, I think this is the end is mm-hmm. another honorable mention. That movie's hilarious. Um, I think Knocked Up kind of mm-hmm. kicked off a lot of these R-rated comedies. Once again, Apatow, 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 Apatow. Um, also, we we touched upon it in our Adam Sandler episode, but Adam Sandler did a movie called uh, That's My Boy. 
yeah. um, which is an which was his only R-rated comedy, and it's fucked up and it's hilarious. I think that's that's probably it for me. What about you? So I have two movies. Uh, one of them being an Apatel movie, which is Funny People, and Ooh. that is with uh, Adam Sandler and um, Seth Rogen. It's and Leslie Mann. And to me, it's funny. It's a different aspect of Adam Sandler playing a comedian that's dying of cancer. And he basically hires Seth Rogen to write jokes for him. Yeah. Uh, it's got a lot of comedic, great comedic timing in there. Eric Bannon's in there. And uh, also some like, it pulls on your heartstrings a little bit. I like that movie a lot. It's an art rated comedy. It's the reason I didn't pick it was because it's a little more sentimental than it is more comedy. It's driven. like a dramedy. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, And then my second one is my second favorite Jason Siegel movie. And that is, I love you, man. Oh, that's so uh, good. Paul Rudd. I think Paul Rudd is so great in buddy comedies. Like, he, he started he got his big break I think in Clueless and then he kind of messed around with, like it was horrible in the Halloween movie no I know him from Halloween Curse of Michael Myers yeah but he was in Clueless <laughs> he was but uh, then he you know he started getting in the, the the comedy movies when he was at the 40 year old virgin and then it went to Knocked Up he was in there with Leslie Mann then he actually did uh, This is 40 This is 40 which is another another great movie that another R-rated classic that builds upon the Apatow universe Melissa McCarthy I have really high nipples <laughs> If you don't shut up, if you two don't shut the fuck up, I'm a jackhammer your ass. I'm gonna drink my legs out and kick the shit out of you. That movie's great. Zombieland's another one. Road trip, clerks, like Euro trip, Euro trip. Those are all great. Uh, Slackers. Oh yeah, another movie that definitely cannot be made unless Jason Segel in it. A movie that cannot be made. And the goat. Um, like I, I'm surprised I didn't put it on this list. Honestly, um, I'm a little mad at myself now that I think about it. Dazed and Confused. Dazed and Confused, another yeah. one too. But see, Dazed and Confused, I think it has comedy, but like it's a dramedy. It's more, you know, <laughs> um, that now. Uh, but yeah, those are like movies that we couldn't really, you know, it's just a big list could have been too long. We didn't want to do a two-hour episode. Yeah, uh, any of these movies could have been on that list. But if you guys have movies that we have not picked, I know uh, here, Dolph. Cool Ethan, man. Cool Ethan. Uh, his Jason Schwartzman's whole role in that movie. There's actually a, a video on YouTube of Cool Ethan's highlights, and it's done to I'm a Loser Baby by Beck. Nice. And it's hilarious. Like, oh, I know was, saving, was Saving Silverman rated R? I don't know because I was, I didn't Because, like, that movie's fucking hilarious. And if there's an R-rated version of it, like that should be on this list too, as a like an underappreciated. Yeah, Saving Silver was PG thirteen. Yeah, yeah, that's another funny movie, but that's, that's not so R-rated. funny. But yeah, the the movies that we mentioned, you know, <laughs> the, the hair. I still can't get over the hair down slackers, but yeah, definitely slackers is another one. And a lot, like I said, a lot of these movies cannot be made today. There's so, no way in hell. So it'll be interesting if we're still doing this ten years down the road, and we look back at what the movies are made then, comparing them to what we saw. How different would it be? That'd be something nice to do. So if whoever's out there, if we uh we fall off, make sure you guys do an episode like that. <laughs> but um, that's our list. If you guys have a list, let us know at Yumper and Swole on Twitter again if it's still working, or hit us up on Facebook at Statistic Penguin Studios or at statisticpenguinstudios.com, our website. The do over with I never, I never seen that, Sam. I heard bad things about that. I can't tell if Sam is serious or not. Like, I really like Sam. <laughs> But like, I can't tell if he's serious or not right now. That's the problem with his humor. I can't tell when he's fucking with me. It's king ass. <laughs> it is king ass. I'm still waiting for a yumper and slow invite on the ass podcast. Actually, I actually, know? I'm going on Thursday. With, oh, that's nice. Hmm. I'm going on with the, the ass cast on Thursday, but I'll announce all that stuff on uh, after. Hmm. So yeah, so first. 
Thanks, Sam. <laughs> Let's get into our new segment that Mr. Swoboda thought of, news and rumors. So, Mr. Swoboda, take it away. Oh, look at that little graphic. That's nice, Yump. I didn't know that you did that. Um, so this this new segment, we just want to talk about stuff that we're hearing in the movie industry um, and anything that you want to talk about. So tweet us like news and rumors that you might want us to talk about on our next episode when we come back and we'll go over it. So the first thing I got, Yump, is uh, there's a lot of Deadpool 3 rumors coming out right now. Um, and I don't know how you feel about Deadpool, um, mm-hmm. but... The rumor is, is that Ben Affleck, Jennifer Garner have been spotted on set to reprise their role as Daredevil and Elektra. Is it too much? And second part, is there a comic book movie character that you'd like to see come back in a future installment of a comic book movie? So, Sam, we're going to address this comment in a little bit. Uh, first of all, I, I don't think it's for Deadpool. I don't think it's too much because Deadpool is supposed to be silly. Yes. Ryan Reynolds threw that out there when he did the whole mixing of the X-Men universe. He's been pulling, he's been pining and pulling and campaigning for um, Hugh Jackman to come back as Wolverine. He's been wanting to do a movie with him. He did, they did the horrible, you know, addition of, or, or parents X-Men, of Deadpool and X-Men origins. Yeah. And uh, Wolverine origins, Wolverine origins. Yeah. Which was not really a good showing of, you know, he has small cameo, I would say in there. And the big first part when he talked was great. The ending was horrible with him in it. He wants to reprise that character. And I think he found his niche when he did Deadpool. He loves um, this character. And he's very, like, he's very, you know, protective where he does a great dialogue with it. And I think adding them in there's just going to make it funny for comedic timing because he kind of makes fun of the superhero universes. That's what Deadpool character, the character of Deadpool is. It breaks the fourth wall. Yeah. And makes fun of things, coming trends. And right now, the common trend we talked about is the multiverse. And they're hopefully they make fun of it with those characters coming back. So I have no issue with it for this particular movie. For this particular movie, I'm okay with it. Now, in terms of like the Flash, eh, mm-hmm. it's a different story. But no, I'm okay with it. Um, also, I hear that Deadpool three is a road trip comedy with Logan and Wolverine and Deadpool on a road trip. That sounds fantastic. Definitely, and I think it's gonna. I'm really maybe we should do that as like a Penguin event, or me and you and the other guys go out. You know, yeah, we could. We could definitely do that. To um, it, like. So the other part of that question, is there a former comic book character that you'd like to see come back in another movie from that series? So from any comic book series or just any or that's that particular series? Any comic book series. Is there is there someone that you'd like to see come back? Okay, so I have two if it's from any series. The first being uh, the Punisher from John Berthal. Okay. I think that I think there only went two seasons on the Marvel series. Uh and fans have been pining for him to come back again. Yeah. With the new Daredevil coming out, he's actually going to be in it. They announced that he's actually going to be in it as the Punisher, which I think is going to be great. I don't want it to be a movie. I want it to be a series because I think the Punisher's best told in uh, segments as a series. I think a movie will be too much uh, information crammed into a two-hour film. If they bring him back as a series, I would totally love that. Okay. I, um, my second one is something that's not really known in terms of public eye, it's it's known in terms of the video game world, but it's not really known in movies and whatnot. And that's the character of Jackie Estacado. Uh, it's from a book called, a, a graphic novel called The Darkness about a mobster on his 21st birthday has this lineage of this um, evil pres- presence in their life. And it takes control of, their fam- of a, a certain family member when they turn 21, usually male. And it's about him controlling this uh, demon in him as he fights off his uncle who's trying to kill him. The video game was great. It was actually done with Kirk Acevedo as Jackie Estacado. 
perfectly done. They made a sequel that was great. Uh, it left on a cliffhanger and then the actual studio lost money. Now, there was rumors coming out that there was going to be a motion picture starring this movie with Kurt Acevedo reprising his role as Jackie. I don't know if he can do it now because Kurt's a little older, but I would love them to do maybe a, either a, uh, you know, an animation video of it or something like something dark like the Spawn series they did at HBO because that would really make me happy. I know a lot of fans are pining for it. They still write to uh, NetherRealm and uh, 2K to try to get, you know, the process starting up of getting a new game out. But there is still, it's in like development hell right now. Those are my two biggest ones I would love to see. Okay. Um, I'm going to throw a name out there. And I don't want this to happen in a multiverse. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would love to see Danny DeVito back as the best penguin that's ever existed in a movie. And he right? has said he's the best penguin. He is. He is. Like, you know, the the penguin in the, the, the Batman was really, really good. Um, but it was more of a mobster. Like, I want the Danny DeVito penguin back. I would love to see that in another movie. Um that's yeah, that's that's the only one I have. So now I got one more for you. Did you have anything on this segment too, Yump? No, no. We can okay. so the 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 final question is is they are deep into production on the sequel to Gladiator, the Russell Crowe movie, not the 1994 James Marshall Cuba Gooding Jr. movie. Classic. Um, it is a classic, it's iconic with my favorite actor Dennehy in it. Um Will the Gladiator sequel be worth it without Russell Crowe? How do you feel about a Gladiator sequel? That's what I want to hear. So I think this is another... This is like, we just talked about this with Coming to America too. This is Hollywood is basically something that's been in you know development hell since Gladiator was released. Now I think that was like 99. Yeah. Like this, uh, this is something that's been developed. There's supposed to be a sequel to Gladiator with Russell Crowe in it, which I don't know how that would have been happening unless it was a prequel. Uh, but this, they just, they're continuing to make movies that, you know, I, I don't have good thoughts, but I don't think it's going to be a good, very good movie. It reminds me of like 300, 300 came out then they made a sequel and it wasn't as good as the original, what, which what was isn't it, what was it? 300 rise of, uh, yeah. Rise of Spartans or something. Yeah. Like that. Uh, it was kind of cheeks. Yeah. I think this is what's going to happen to this movie and too much time has passed. It's not like you're having, like, if it was like, like Sam said, Indiana Jones is coming back, but it's still the iconic you know, film actor playing the character. Like, right, Russell Crowe is like, yeah. And if you look at Russell Crowe now, like he would have to do some serious like in shape. He's very, very out of shape to play um, Maximus. Yeah. I, I just think, you know, just lay, lay, let the movie stand alone on its own and won an Oscar for him. Uh, and just don't mess it up. Like, but I don't know. What do you think? I... So I love the uh, the 1999 Gladiator, not the 1994 version with James Marshall and Cuba Gooding Jr. Um, uh, <laughs> um, no, I love the 99 Gladiator. I think it's an iconic movie. Um, I love the scene in The Sopranos when when he quotes the Gladiator and he wow. talks about it. When Ralphie talks mm-hmm. about it, I don't need a sequel to it. I think it's a movie that's best a one off and done. And I know what you're trying to do. I just don't appreciate it. So no, I don't think a gladiator sequel is going to work. I definitely, yeah, like I said, I think you're just, just like come up with you, material. when they see the trailer, is it something that you're going to be like, you know what? I'm going to go to the movies to see that because like I go see everything. I don't know if I'll go see a gladiator sequel. I probably won't 
I like usually like you're my tests, you know, my test subject. You tell me how it is and I'll go see it. Unless it's something I'm really looking forward to. That right. I would not definitely look forward to. And like Sam saying Russell Crowe fighting around the world, like that's fine. If it's a prequel, that's great. But like also Russell Crowe's older. And if they want to do the de-aging technology, I don't think it looks that well. I mean, no. The Irishman yeah. gives proof of that, even though, you know, it was a good movie. I also like it's just too like you waited too long to have it come out. Too long. It's been it's kind of, 25 years. Yeah, it's kind of like the uh, the Ghostbusters 3 that was supposed to come out after Ghostbusters 2. And it eventually became Ghostbusters Afterlife because Dan Aykroyd realized, you know, Harold Ramis is gone. Let's just rewrite, rewrite this script. And I think they have to do that. But with him dying, oh, in the Kumite, if he's in the Kumite, then shit, yeah, I'll watch that. John Claude coming back? Then yeah. I'll John watch Claude, it. Yeah. John Claude has to beat him, though. But yeah, I, I, that... I think it's just Hollywood just trying to, you know, money grab. And right now, since what if there's a multiverse? Well, what if it's a multiverse gladiator? It's fucking stupid. And <laughs> Russell Crowe has to eat endless shrimp at Red Lobster. <laughs> um, yeah, that'd be pretty funny. I, I watch that. <laughs> and there's nothing like I, I don't hate Russell Crowe. I think he's a great actor. I just don't like. I think you're milking it for money grabs right now. I think I, so too. Like this is not something that I'm gonna go see. So you know that's funny. I, I will bring up a subject for this. So, you know. So with the recent, you know, bombings of the Flash, you know, Indiana Jones hasn't made a lot of money that they thought it was. No, but they say Indy's got legs, right? They say Indy yeah. might keep making money for like the next few weeks. Mm-hmm. But they're saying, you know, the Flash has pulled um, DC and uh, they, Warner Brothers pulled it from thousands of theaters already. It's gone, yeah. So they're saying that the age of cinema is dying. And that's like, to me personally... It's a blessing and a curse. I do like to see movies at my house. It's easier for me when I around my work schedule, around podcasting, around you know everything I do between Sox games, my family. It's better for me time management to sit down anytime I want with the wife, watch the movie. But I also like going to the theater. Um, I know you're a big proponent of going to the theater. Would you agree that you know the age of our cinema of going to the movies is like those blockbusters, those billion dollar uh, movie making, you know, box offices are pretty much like going to be. No diamond, uh, you know, gone. So I don't. I'm not going to say that they're gone, but I think audiences now are smarter than they've ever been, and they're not going to just go watch shit, right? Mm-hmm. Like the Flash movie, we talked about it. It was kind of shit. Like there were some elements of it that were really, really good, but it was also kind of shit, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I think like Hollywood needs some original ideas. I'm very, very excited to go see. You know, we talked about this on News and Rumors last week. I'm going to go do the Barbenheimer double feature, right? I'm going to go see Oppenheimer and then I'm going to go see Barbie with my wife on a day in San Francisco when we don't have anything else to do. Um, I think Nicole Kidman wants you to go to the theater. Kelly. <laughs> uh, yeah, my wife's in Seattle right now watching from the other side of the country. So, um, I don't think the movie theaters are dead. I think when, you know, I've, I've gone, you know, every week for the past, you know, six weeks and theaters are packed. I went to a Thursday night showing a joyride. People just want good fucking movies, not just the same retread over and over again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I'm indifferent. And I'm, I'm still torn to see, you know, like I know guardians made good money, but guardians made 800 million. And usually those movies would make in the billions. Well, super Mario brothers made, you know, a billion dollars. I think like, yeah, that's why I think those are like, those movies are like diamonds in the rough. Like I, those- and they might be, they might be. And there are some movies where like, if I didn't have a subscription service to go to AMC, 
that I would be like, no, I'm going to wait till that comes out and I'll rent it on iTunes. But there's some movies that I have to see in the theater. Like, man, I know we disagreed on Scream 6, but Mm -hmm. Scream 6 was packed the night I went into the theater and it made good money in there and people enjoyed seeing that thing in in the theater. Yeah, Um, it was packed night went as well. It's just like people don't want to see shit anymore. Audiences aren't dumb. People are dumb, but audiences want to see new shit. Yeah, it's just we have to see what's going to happen. It's just we're in a strange time. Streaming services are big now. Um, movies are being released on stream now. Yeah. Um, well, and they come out, and then two weeks later, they're on Peacock or they're on Apple TV or they're on whatever. Like, yeah, the new streaming services are basically the direct to video. Yeah. So, uh, it makes me think about, you know, the new Mortal Kombat that's probably going to come out in next year. Are they going to release it as a day one on well, HBO Max? Or? Wasn't it day one HBO Max when it yeah. came out here? Mm-hmm. Like if you look in the eye and I check the, the iTunes store every day, like the blackening that that was a comedy that just came out a couple weeks ago is already out for you to rent. Like you can rent it on iTunes right now for 20 bucks. Insidious, yeah. the last key, the, the red door is available. The pre all this stuff is available to pre-order. Now there are certain movies that I think you should probably just send right to right to theater. Like what was this teenage Kraken movie that just came out? Like it's a kid's movie, man. Send it right to Disney plus or send it right to whatever. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Like it, it makes me sad when, when things like that are actually like a conversation, but no, I think you're right. The billion dollar movies might be a diamond in the rough, but I don't think the movie theaters are going anywhere. Yeah. Hopefully not because they're, they're good experiences. Um, and there's something that I want to take, you know, my kid to have experience. Yeah. You know, the drive-in was something like Brian said, uh, Barbara Heimer, the drive-in. If to be honest with you, I didn't want to go see Barbara. I don't want to see Barbie, but if Barbara Heimer was playing at a drive-in that was still open, I would definitely be down to that because well, that experience is fucking jumper, great. I got news for you because it is in McHenry and you should go with Brian Henry. Who cares, man? Like, go meet up at Brian's house, pack a cooler, and go to a double feature with all four of you guys. All right, Brian, if you do that, I'll, I'll you gotta drive though. Look at that. Look at that, Brian. I got you. I only see bad movies in theaters. Mm. Yeah, I've seen a lot of them too, Sam. But that is our uh, news and rumors. So if you guys have any news and rumors that come out, tweet at us. We'll definitely be going back and forth with you on Twitter or any of our social medias that you can connect to us with. Um, also leave a comment on the YouTube for anything that comes on. Uh, I check those daily. So that's our new segment. If you guys still like this, let us know, get, hit us up and uh, give us a little feedback on it. But with that, we're going to go into our coming soon. And Swole kind of hinted about this, which we're going to be doing a little, you know, switch it up. We're, we This is the end of our second season. We're going to start our third season, which I thought is crazy that we did three seasons already. Two seasons going into our third. Uh, we're going to switch up a little variety of the upper and swole, and we're going to start talking about some TV shows or series that we like. So we're going to give our five favorite series a piece in our next episode. So what do you think about that, Swole? I'm very excited for that. I think that we're going to pick five, and then we're all going to talk about one uh, series um, in particular at the very end. You're tearing me apart, Brian. You're tearing me apart, Lisa. <laughs> Tommy was so he does. He actually was a uh, took a couple pictures to Joker. So I should send that to you. Do you know um, that the room is available to pre-order now for the first time? ever? Yes. Like, yes. you never have been able to um, own it, except if you ordered it right from Tommy Wiseau's website. But now it is available to pre-order. And I think I'm going to buy it. So I will buy that movie. I won't watch it. <laughs> I'll just buy it to have it. 
I don't, I don't know if that makes sense, but the movie's really bad. Tommy Wiseau is uh, hilarious. Uh, I don't know if he's serious or not. He seems like he's a man who's on a lot of drugs. He definitely is. Yep, I'm looking through the pre the pre order list on iTunes mm-hmm. right now, mm-hmm. and um, I shit you not, there's a couple pre orders on here. One oh. is, go ahead. What were you gonna All say? Right. That reminds me. Shout out to Windy City Rebel, uh, Southside Bum Johnny. He told me when I went to go to the game this week, we can uh, less than zero is on Amazon Prime for free. Fantastic. So if you have not seen Less Than Zero with Robert Downey Jr., check that movie out. That's fantastic. Um, but on this list of pre-order movies, there's two on here. One is the Emilio Estevez um, classic uh, 1993 movie Judgment Night. Uh, great soundtrack. Great soundtrack. And the other is the Cuba Gooding Jr. James Marshall classic Gladiator. I have that movie on DVD. I, I own Brian, it. I own it digitally. Yeah, Brian, I know you love that movie. I love that movie. I love that movie too. It's awesome. But yeah, that's gonna be our coming soon. So, like I said, we're gonna be taking a three weeks off while Sol does his trip. He'll be catching up with us on the Statistics uh, Penguin Studios, dropping some vlogs. Uh, I also have some stuff in the works that's gonna be coming out. Mini little um, Yelper stuff. Maybe some movie reviews. The martial arts classics will be coming back this week. I'll be releasing it probably uh, before the week's over. Yes. Uh, also, we're going to have uh, some little stuff, side projects I've been working on. Uh, I will, um, Swole and Shankster will be on It's Getting Drafty uh, this week on Tuesday. Me, Brian, and Bruhan Luke, and Roxy, and I believe Jackie will be joining us to do the Home Run Derby tomorrow. Swole, if you're available, hop on. We'll be watching the Home Run Derby on Playback on tomorrow. Playback. playback is fun with Brian, man. He hosts it really, really well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we have some good blogs coming out soon from some uh, new writers that we have. Uh, a lot of good stuff is cooking, and now that school's done, I have more time to dedicate towards our content pushing out. So uh, look forward to doing that. So that's our coming soon. Uh, but before I get to Swole's final thought, thank you guys for watching. Uh, this was a short one for us. <laughs> it's horrible. It's um, horrible. Oh, I'm also on the ass cast this Thursday with uh, the ass crew. Good people. Mm, that's nice. <laughs> um Thank you guys for watching. Shut up, Swole. Thank you guys for watching. <laughs> um, we do you know this for fun, and we always you know enjoy everybody having everybody here. Uh, reminder: This Saturday is the Yumper and Swole movie event. Uh, for those who have been RSVP, you've already been messaged in the in the uh, Twitter group. If you have not been contacted, please contact me at my Twitter handle or text me or email me. Um, we have two spots left. Two spots left. There's uh, two spots. There's some things that, that came up. So if you missed out and you want to go, um, just hit the DMs and we'll make sure we put you on the list. Yeah, so it'll be Saturday and the show's at 3.30. We'll give you the address and everything where it's at. Uh, everything is free in terms of the... To don't make eye contact with Soup Kid. He'll teach you a live. I saw him. Uh, I met him on Saturday. Uh, Saturday. Nice guy. Um Everything is free in terms of the movie. You get to watch a free movie. The, the theater is right out. It's just going to be us. Uh, all you have to do is pay for your food and drink. So we look forward to seeing everybody Saturday. Um, and with that, Swole, let's get into your final thought, my man. Guys, I don't have a lot tonight. Um, I love everybody that watches, um, even Sam Reeves. Um, my wife's not coming, so if anyone wants to make out on Saturday, Brian. Um, my wife is also not going to be there, so you can sit next to me. Um but I'm very, very excited for Saturday. I'm very, very excited for all the things that we have coming up. We have fun while we're doing this stuff. Um, and uh, we appreciate you guys all. Deuces. Deuces. Thank you for listening to Yumper and Small, A Sadistic Penguin Studios production.
You still here? It's over. Go home. Go.